You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. Welcome back to uh, another episode after a hectic week of Euro 2024 qualifying action. I'm Mark Wiltshire today, joined by Keke. Hi, Keke. By Ali. Hi, Ali. Moika. And the, the long-anticipated return of Mark H. Hi, Mark. Moi. Hey. Good to, good to have that voice back on the pod. I'm sure that all the listeners will be uh, will be as excited as we were when we saw your name pop up on the screen. Um, we're going to look back at Finland's first two games in this Euro uh, 2024 qualifying campaign. Started with a 3-1 defeat away to Denmark and was followed by a 1-0 win in Northern Ireland, which leaves Finland with three points along with most of the other group, because there was a, a bit of a surprise on, on Sunday. Maybe we'll come to that. Um, but which means that all of the teams are basically trailing the early, early leaders, which is Slovenia. OK, <laughs> let's um, let's talk about how this how this came to pass. Um, the referee's blown his whistle for this match report special, two, two-headed match report special. And we'll we'll talk first about the um, the Denmark game. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm watching at home, I've started making copious lists—not uh, lists, notes—of the games. All this, there's yellow squares for yellow cards and balls for goals and all sorts, so that I can flick through it. Um, so, <laughs> because otherwise, I won't remember any of it. And we're recording this about six days after the game, so I'd, I'd be done. Um, but let's talk about Denmark. We said we said beforehand. That you know we would we think a point away to Denmark would be decent. Um, it would be a good a good start, followed up by three points at Northern Ireland, and we'd be off to a a steady a steady start there. But um, Keke, first talk a, talk a little bit about the uh, about the Denmark game as it as it started to progress. Well, first of all, mate, the Denmark game left me feeling that um, why did the association game go for ninety minutes rather than the rug stick with the rugby code timings and call it they call it time at 80 minutes mate because we we would have escaped with a nice point there yeah but, um, true. but yeah it was uh to be honest with you you know we all said it Denmark are probably the the strongest team in the group but you've you've alluded to um maybe that's not the case we'll uh we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but um but yeah I thought I thought after a bit of a bit of a dodgy start Finland really sort of Grew into into the game. It was um, it was sort of what you'd expect. It was a you know they'd, they'd gone away for a moment. I, I do think that if they'd have come away from there with that point, they would have been they would have been happy. But you know you've only got to look at the stats and see how many sort of chances Denmark had. Luke had an absolute storm. Come away with man of the match despite conceding three. So that tells you the story mm. of the game. Really, um, I think there was. There were some decent performances across the park. I mean, Oliver Antman obviously popped up with a goal. Uh, that was his third in four, I think, for the national team. So, um, so yeah, he was. He's obviously obviously done well. Poor old um, Nikolai Alho had a bit of a torrid time, and um, and yeah, the uh, the, the defence 
all in all looked um, looked like it looked to like it would get penetrated eventually. And yeah, that's that's obviously what happened with the two late goals. Yeah, I I thought that I, I made a note here that that sort of during the first half that our midfield was looking pretty sharp. Maybe <laughs> from some of the comments that you guys made in WhatsApp, uh, Khan Kardinen wasn't the sharpest of that midfield, but uh, I thought that um, uh, Glenn Kamara was just just having a having a good game, winning the ball back, um, and was sort of everywhere and and was maybe keeping us keeping us in the game and, and progressing forward still, even at that early, early time before Denmark. I, I wrote that note and then Denmark immediately went and scored. Um, and that was on 21 minutes. Uh, this young fella, Hoyland, who seemed he made a hell of a name for himself over the, over the weekend. Um, Denmark broke down the right, low cross into the, into the box. And he sort of pa- poked it home past Lucas Radetzky. Um, Mark, were you seeing signs even at that stage that that these vulnerabilities were were showing? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think what you said about the midfield was right. So I think, I mean, if you look at Kamara, Antman, and Lod, they they looked they looked pretty solid. They're all very good on the ball, and they can all deal with their opponents either physically or or with pace. I think uh, Kyron, he's a tidy player, and so he's not. It's not necessarily that he's sort of bad. The, the challenge is like. If you think if you think back to the Tim Spav time, he was never really sort of flair or flashy. He was just Mr. Reliable. Like he would always move the ball around and he would always keep possession. And the, the problem Kaidinen had is that they put him under pressure very quickly, the Danes. And so he just a couple of times he either got caught in possession or had to make a snap pass that, that ended up either missing his target or just going straight back to the Danes. So in the midfield, we started to get overrun. And then the, what Keke said about Alho, it's also a bit true about Jens. I think Jens, Richard Jensen's normally a centre-back. So it was mm-hmm. a bit odd. It's, I feel quite odd in general. Like Having watched Canerva play three at the back infuriatingly for like three years and not changing it, now that we've got three centre-backs, he's he's sticking with a 4-4-2 for some reason. And, and you're putting like, one of those centre-backs at left-back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, what, what happens? And and for the for the goal, uh, you know, we got done a little bit down the flank. We didn't react quick enough, and then um, the cross in, we were a bit both even of and Weizen and were a bit static. But I think having said that, I, everybody's a bit surprised with this Ho- Hoyland kid. Like I, I think he plays in he plays in Serie A for is it not not something Atalanta I believe. Thank you very much. So yeah, he's but he's but he's still new on the scene there. I think he's only got like seven or eight goals, but he looks absolutely like unstoppable this he's quick uh, he's good with his feet he's good in the air he's a huge he's a unit um this this kid looks like like he could be something so as he nipped in past Weizen and it was a bit just just was a bit delayed and he prodded home I think I was more impressed in that for that goal I was more impressed with how quick he was rather than how bad our defending was it was just we just weren't ready for him yeah, I would agree. He he also um I was watching it back maybe about an hour ago and he checks Weissenham about three times. So yeah. Weissen is literally in, in an absolute tizzy. And yeah, I think you're right, Mark. It's it, I think you have to applaud that goal rather than poke holes in in what we were doing defensively, I think, because it clearly shows that for for a young kid, he's uh He's he's rapid, but he's also very smart up top as well. It was really good movement, to be fair. 
I think there was also for us following on from that goal, we we had we had some possession. It was it, it continues to be fairly even, but some really poor crossing from us. Balls into the balls into the box from from both sides, and and I think there was an occasion where instead of going down the wing and getting the ball closer to the byline and whipping one in, Alho stayed deep and then put this sort of slow, floated sort of diagonal ball in. And there's nothing really for the for the defenders to do there. We weren't really maybe creative enough around the the Denmark box. Uh, but Keke just <laughs> right right on half time. Robin Ludd was quite creative in his own box. Um, but that ball, that ball came. Denmark cross came from the right and and kind of bounced off of of Lloyd's right. shoulder uh, and yeah. and caused caused Luke to to pull off quite a save. That's it. I mean, um, I'm not sure how much Robin knew about it. It sort of hit him in the chest or shoulder area, and um, yeah, dramatically flew towards goal and um, and yeah, look out to sort of stand up for us again and and pull off. Not maybe it wasn't even the first, but one of uh, one of a string of decent saves. Yeah. But um, that would have been cruel, you know what I mean? That that would that would have been really really cruel. So I'm glad that uh, Luke managed to managed to um, to spare Robin's Robin's blushes there. And it and it wasn't um, it wasn't long into the second half, 53 minutes, um, that Finland Finland pulled the game back by what one, one more than one of you cruelly. Suggested was like a goal from Wimbledon in the nineteen nineteen eighties and early nineties. Um, Keke, talk us through that that goal a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think the um, that the way we scored that goal. I, I mean, Mark will tell us a bit more, but I think that was the um, that was the tactic all along because the way that the way that our defence was sort of messing about with a ball and and passing it between each other and trying to draw the Danes on. I think that the, um, the the idea was to just sort of draw the Danes right onto us and then try and pop one over the top for sort of Teme or someone to to run onto. But um, but yeah, that's that's sort of that's sort of how we it worked. So that's um, that's how we sort of managed to score. I mean, in the the first sort of instances, we were managing to draw the Danes on, but then not really getting moving the ball quick enough ourselves. But, um, but as you said, mate, in the in the second half, it. It worked to uh, work to a T, and Antman popped up with his um, his third goal in his fourth appearance. So um, yeah, one one, and we're we're all thinking, here we go. What do you think about this tactic, Mark? About of, of letting letting the team come on and trying to and trying to get them on the break. So it was quite a bit similar to the Euros. I mean, if if you look at the Danish squad, one of their biggest weaknesses is Kier. So Simon Kier is a like he's a international defender, ten, years and years of experience at the top flight, but he's he's with experience comes a little bit of a lack of pace. So if you can draw the Danes forward and create a little, create a little bit of space in behind, you're always going to catch him flat-footed. And that's exactly what Hoki and Antman were able to do on the combination. I think it was Rodeski that knocked it forward, Borg and Palo with the flick on. Demo Puki can like, I mean, I, I, lo I lo just love the fact the way he gets around the ball. He, doesn't, he touches the ball once just to, to lay off Antman, but in his sort of shimmy around the ball, he sends three defenders like, Halfway across the pitch <laughs> to make the space, such a just the way he moves is so so beautiful. And uh, in, in the end, once Antman had got the other side of of Kiar and had a bit of space, his finish was pretty composed. It was nice, nice yeah, and easy. Brilliant finish. 
But as a tactic, it was pretty dangerous because what to draw out the Danes, we had to do a lot of sort of playing on the ball at the back. Like even of, I mean, both even of Bison are quite comfortable with the ball at their feet, but it means there's a lot of like there's a lot of minutes where you've just got your heart in your mouth going, <gasps> yeah. And and what do what, what do we feel about this? Um, okay, four four two or five five three two, whichever formation, but but playing. Richard Jensen at left back didn't seem like a natural fit to me. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, I mean, we we talk about our problem with with wing backs, whether that's in a a three five two or a, in a two, and I guess maybe. Uh, I mean, Denmark pretty strong down there, down bar as a right back. Forward, he did create their first goal, um, but yeah, it definitely feels like from an offensive point of view, it it means that we are certainly lacking. But maybe the four four two, they went to that because they hoped that actually we were looking for more solidity other than bombing wing backs. But um, yeah, maybe maybe it was an experiment worth trying in the first game and the first away game of the campaign whether it succeeded um i'm not sure well i mean i think they went for it because if you look at bar and mehle on the other side like those are two very quick very capable players and if you go one-on-one against them you know particularly with the squad we have at the minute like we didn't like you know we don't have a run in or, or right allow or you know even the days of alvin granlander he's not he's not there so we're not blessed in the fullback position, and so to to counter attack or to 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 deal with Bar and Melee on the other side, you kind of have to have double up on them, and I think that was the plan. It was it was in one in one sense it's a bit of a shame as well because like Jensen kept getting into these really good positions deep on the on the on the flank, and you've got Puki and Pohyampalo waiting with like Lod hanging about, Kamara hanging about, you know, for something to happen. But the but it, again, it's it's also not. Richard Jensen's fault. No, I don't think Rivia might be the first coach in history that said, Hey, <laughs> Richard, can you do me a favor and pump in a bunch of like 40 yard pingers into the back post? Because I could do it away to Denmark as well. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> never been that kind of player. So, so, yeah, so it's a bit of a, it was a bit of a tough ask for him. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand why, why they did it from a defensive point of view, but I, I still think, I don't know. It, it, I think the other point is, you know, Suhonen. Is, I think he was the option on the bench from a fullback perspective, and then was it Olila maybe who came on? Yeah, that's not. It went a bit. That's that's a hard place to learn. You know, away to Denmark's not really a place where you want to test test the test the kids out. So, and then as Keke said, we get to the last ten minutes. It's one-one. It's been one-one for for half an hour or so, and then it sort of fell apart. I suppose. Um, 82 minutes, there was a, a corner that was flicked on at the uh, at the front post, headed back into the six-yard box, and there was a flying header from one metre, and Hoyland bundled it, or well, bundled it, but powered it home. Um, after that, we had much more possession. Denmark got a bit sloppy, but then still managed on 90 plus three. Um, Laramie went down the left, pulled it back, from the touchline and uh, and Hoyland again inside the six yard box to to drill it home and it was a it was a tough ending to the game. 
Yeah, it was. Sorry, go on, Mark. Okay. Yeah, it was. So I think I think by then Alho was uh, was on fumes. You know what I mean? So he he had a, he'd be given a bit of a tough a tough night of it uh, overall. I think I mean the way we play again with that with a four four two, Lud tucks in, and Alho's expected to run the run the length of the line, which he did a couple of years ago. I think he was able to do quite easily. But these days, I, th I, I, I think he's knocking 30 now, and, and I think it's a bit of a big ask for him to, to keep doing it. And when it got up to sort of 80 minutes, you could see him running out of puff a little bit uh, down the right-hand flank. So I, I think he got... He yeah, was never the most stable of, of sort of defensively. He was, his talents were always best going forward, but then as he gets tired, as he gets more and more tired, uh, you know, you start to see the holes, holes appear. Yeah, the, the other thing I was going to say is, um, obviously, you mentioned Richard Jensen, not maybe in a in a position that he's um, that he's, he's so used to. But when when he he went off with a little knock and uh, Thomas Ollila came on, and it, I think it, he's only twenty two years old, obviously. But um, but yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a uh, a ten minutes or fifteen minutes that he, he'll look back on fondly. He um, four minutes. After he come on, he picked up his first booking, I think, and um, and yeah, it was uh, it was downhill from there. Really, it was he, he didn't he didn't have much luck, and yeah, Denmark managed to sort of take advantage of that. And so we ended the the game three one. Disappointed, maybe with the scoreline. Disappointed not to have picked up yeah. something a bit more, but but we, you know, we'd hoped for a point, but but maybe. Not not necessarily expected it. I think it I th was it it was gutting because you know as I said, look at had an absolute stormer. We'd sort of we, we we'd seen Denmark knocking on the door, but up until that last ten minutes, we'd managed to sort of keep the score at one one, and it um it really did it it really did feel like a, a tough defeat. I thought three one was a bit cruel, you know. They um, especially with the last goal coming coming quite. Quite late, it it did feel did feel like a cruel defeat, really. Any anyone have got any other observations on the Denmark game before we pause and then head into the Northern Ireland game, Mark? Yeah, I mean it, it felt bad because we'd gone so far, we'd held out for so long. But I think if you look at the game, we might have got off lightly. You know, I, I think I think this uh, this this Hoyland kid. He's going to get better and better and stronger and stronger. And I think Luca had to make four or five like world world beating yeah. saves. Like he had a really good game. And on another day, this could have been sort of six or seven from our from our side of it. We had that one that we had, we scored the goal in which so Poyan Palo perfect one touch flick on Buki perfect one touch pass Antman perfect one touch finish. So <laughs> everything clicked for that goal to come come about. We didn't have another good chance. No. So we, we we didn't have another way to get back into this game, and uh, Denmark just, I mean, we yeah we could have been absolutely hammered. I mean three one, we might look back at that and think if this if this Hoyland kid gets angry against Northern Ireland, like, and they play like they did against us, they could smash those guys for six or seven. So minus minus two might not be that bad of a mm -hmm. an outcome for us. What do we think about the the formation? And does it does because sometimes sort of three five two or five three two whatever can can be seen as 
defense a bit defensive but do we somehow need to get a bit more um creativity down the wings and a little bit uh, somehow this this player okay lod was there but he was out on the right hand side of midfield and that seemed like a bit of a waste um valicardi's been in and around the squad he's not even in it at the moment um there's uh, robert taylor who can do you know who who's been skillful and creative on the left hand side of a of a wide midfield um and also Kurosoeri, okay, he's in and around the squad again now. And but they're, they're sort of players that have had that little spark in and around the box in the past. And do we need to try and find a way to get them, some some of them anyway, back into the in, in and around the team? I think um I think River, especially with this Denmark game, Mark, I think River was just maybe <clears throat> Maybe all of those players you've mentioned who who do have do have qualities and who have been employed in this sort of wing back role um are probably a little bit too attacking for 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 River in this Denmark away game. Mm. I think you know he would have he would have looked at it and said he he needed he needed guys with a little bit more of a defensive mind. I mean, as I said, we've seen Robert Taylor and Pudrisori employed in those roles and they've been, you've seen them where they're, they're closing down players and trying to track them as the, as the forwards trying to go past them. But I don't think that's their natural game. Their natural game is to have their head up and go forward themselves. So, mm. so yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's, that, that, that's my take on it. I just think River's a little bit more conservative than that. It's it's fair it's a fair point and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the formation when we come on to the Northern Ireland game and then maybe what we might expect a little bit further in the future. Mark, was there something? Um, oh, you know, I haven't been on for so long that I've got just so much to say. <laughs> to get well, you might have just been scratching your beard in a thoughtful way, and That's... I thought you were. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Or and also it's itchy a lot of the time. <laughs> but, but I think I mean I, I do think that like you know if you, if you look. Most like most Premier League teams, for example, always have like sit with a midfield three, and I think the the question for Rive is is why don't we ever kind of go with a, a sort of standard midfield three? Particularly when you think about somebody like Robin Ludd, who doesn't really have the pace to be a winger. You know what I mean? And he's he's okay. He's also all right defensively, but he's not great defensively. You know what I mean? And you think well, if you put him, if it was Kyrian and Kamara and Lud in a sort of midfield box three, and then there was another winger out sort of wide on the on the right for an out ball. Wouldn't that give that would make Kyrinen's life a lot easier because he really struggled in the midfield too. Mm. We didn't really you were asking Alho to do a lot of the running, the legwork up the right flank when Lud tucks inside, and Lud's like technically probably if he's not maybe not up there with Puki, but he's one of our best players. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it, it's sort of. A, in this in this system, you're kind of wasting Lud as a sort of right for right attacking midfielder or right winger. It, it doesn't seem to make sense. So I don't know. There was a lot of square pegs in this for the Denmark. Mm. Well, mm. in this four four two in general, and I don't understand why we don't just have sort of a midfield five uh, with with wingers. The other point is Antman. It'd be nice if Antman had a bit more leverage to go forward because he seems really exciting when he's on the ball. Mm. He's not as clever defensively like like most wingers. But um, I don't know. I'm sure Rivier will see this and go, ah, oh, Mark, 
Uh, I was was thinking we're not starting the Rivet Out campaign and I'm not suspecting he's listening to us for for tips and advice either, but it's uh, it's a... there's something going on there let's take a let's take a break there okay and that break gives me the opportunity to show you our new designs keke i've been talking about this all uh oh, all yes. year that i haven't got around there to making new designs um and here it here it is so i had if you remember last year the, the designs had the the letters and it was kind of the 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 team names or the the initials of the team with our logo running through it and I thought what about if we have a panel with our logo repeated and then the name of the team but I thought not the team but maybe the the town or the country and as we're here talking about the hooker yet I thought I'd start today with our new Suomi t-shirt and there you can see the logo mm. up front and I've just just snuck it in the corner down there there's a little t- 2023 nice. so these are these are all limited edition limited by the fact that they're only available this year and that none of you people listening or watching buy these t-shirts so some of them don't even exist that's how limited <laughs> they actually are <laughs> um I, I i i made these and uploaded these at the weekend and i've already ordered uh me and lady sutter we've got a sawmi t-shirt each and i've got a yes a sanioki one for for myself as well and we'll we'll show these over the coming uh coming weeks and months as uh as we work through the whole the whole collection um as as always there's all the different um styles and sizes so there's male fit and female fit and uh, and different shapes one thing i noticed is that a lot of the female t-shirts seem to be shipped from the usa doesn't make it that much more expensive than the shipping but coming into the country and having to pay all your import duties and and whatever especially when the t-shirts are priced at 25 euros as they currently are um when I ordered mine, they were reduced. They were 18 euros. I might just sneak under that VAT threshold. I'm hoping I can get away with it. I don't want to pay any more man, any any more to the man than I actually have to. Um, but just just also have a have a uh, note that there's there's other other bits and pieces available. So there's a whole range of apparel, t-shirts, long sleeve tops, hoodies, whatever. Also phone cases and laptop cases, um, and mugs tote bags and pins as well so i think when we get on to the t-shirt i've made with just the finished football show logo that might make a nice pin badge as well just the logo standing there loud and proud so remember any we don't we don't control the prices on t public we get a little cut for each t-shirt that's sold uh, and it all goes towards the running costs of the show and you know i i, I looked into the account the other day and we, you know, that we've we've made a, you know, 70, 80 euros from this. And that's that's several months of website hosting or podcast hosting or whatever. So every every little bit counts. And more to the point, how smart you will look wearing a T-shirt like that. Uh, oh, yes. I, I know I know that our listener, Jamie, often buys the Ilves uh, T-shirt. So I sent him the design before i'd even published it and he was like oh i like that tampera he said (laughs) that that shows the other clubs in tampera that the city is really green and yellow he said i'll be ordering one so uh (laughs) hopefully that order comes through soon but no no pressure there jamie um we've also got the buy me a coffee um 
page so you'll find the link just below wherever you're watching and listening to this same thing any any donations go into the into the kitty for the for the running costs and and also on the website there's a there's a donate page on the on our homepage so you can you can donate there um but we're, we're going to see now before we we restart the second half we're going to have this returning feature mark hayton Yasila Sipuli, you definitely have to explain this and remind everyone how this works. Yes, okay, so Yasila Sipuli is, and, and that's an onion, and it's what Finns say uh, to anybody, just 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 say, okay, that's, that's the way it is, so that's how it goes. And in football, there's various different sort of uh, local colloquialisms or terminologies that the Finns like to, like to dish out. Today, I think I'm going to go with Suoran uh, Puhelimen which is straight into the phone for the direct translation. Okay. And that's when you take a that's when you take a football straight in the smack in the face. So what I'm pulling. Okay. When when I'm watching football in Finnish, I don't often hear the onions, but I do sometimes say hear people say, Yasil Lasipuli. And I, I actually heard I actually heard it run around the dinner table a couple of months ago when one of the teenagers was acting up and Lady Satu said, like, that's how it is. Get up, get on with it, put up with it. And I just started giggling because it reminded me of sitting here talking into my laptop with you, with you guys. <laughs> and she's like, don't, don't, don't laugh when I'm telling, telling the kids. So, uh, sorry. I learned to behave. Um, okay. I think that's enough shilling for one for one show let's let's move on to the to the second half and yes keke that that is the sound of keke rubbing his hands um for the 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 conversation about northern ireland nil finland won and keke you were you were over there we we saw some great pictures in on whatsapp and also on your facebook and and probably on your uh, on the instagram as well but some great kind of pictures of of the city uh tell us a little bit about your your trip yeah, so um, second time in Northern Ireland. I was there last time Finland played a qualifier, which was um, much less enjoyable. It was, uh, yeah, that was the end of the Mixel, around the end of the Mixel reign. But yeah, moving on to this time, mate, it was brilliant. Um, had a really good time. I had, had a couple of days in Belfast and the surrounding countryside. Got myself up to see the Giants Causeway, which was um, interesting, very wet. So it got, got soaked through, but you know, what can you... I suppose that's the weather in uh, Northern Ireland, you know what I mean? But um, now the sun, the sun did come out later, but it was, um, yeah, it was fabulous. But Belfast itself, if you've, um, if if the listeners, the listeners have never been, then it's well worth a visit. It's um, wonderful, wonderful city. Um, everyone's everyone's very friendly. As a Finland fan, everyone was very welcoming. Either the um, either the Republic of Ireland supporters saying that we we really hope that you beat Northern Ireland or the uh, <laughs> or the Northern Ireland supporters themselves who were very welcoming and and just out to have a good time with us and in, enjoy a few beers and see a decent game. So yeah, it was um it was it was really good, mate. The the uh, SMU Corp made made themselves at home in one of the local pubs and that was the meeting point for the uh, for the first few days. And um, yeah, there was a, a few um, a few a few beers had. But um, yeah, it wasn't too fuzzy for match day, so I managed to sort of get me get me my full uh, me, me Belfast fry, which is like a, a a full breakfast that they do over there. Get that down me and get ready for the um, for the game. But yeah, it was brilliant. Windsor Park, 
has seen some well a, a, a fair bit of renovation since the last time I was there. You, so you mentioned that I think. Um, yeah. In the in the in the, the the piece you did with the the Northern Ireland um, podcast. That's right. You mentioned that last time it was mostly closed down, so it looked it looked like a nice little stadium actually. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, we were actually in the same section that we were in eight years ago. There's a but, funny um, little piece in the corner there, that funny little stand sort of facing the corner and then round the round the side. That's right. Yeah. So um, so we got that bit, and it's um, the same section that we were in last time. But the um, the other three sides of the stadium are actually finished now. Right. So um, so yeah, it was, uh, and it, it's really nice. It's like quite quite enclosed. There was a beautiful sunset come down just as the the game was starting. So it was um, it was really good. But yeah, there was about I suppose there's about 700, 800 Finns um, away fans in the away section. Um, full singing for the full 90 minutes as you would expect the. SMU called Capos kept us going with a, the full repertoire. There was a couple of couple of new songs have come out for this um, for this Euro campaign. Okay, so, interesting. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll send you a little link to where they've come from, so you can you can have a look. But um, yeah, there was a few few people scratching their heads trying to work out the words to to the latest chance. But yeah, it was brilliant, really really good. And obviously we'll get on to the result. But yeah, the um, the result really helped keep the spirits up, and we managed to party late into the night celebrating oh, but the, yeah. as I said the Northern Ireland fans were there with us even after the game they were hanging about in the pubs and um, yeah some of them must have had work the next time you know, I'm glad I didn't but um, <laughs> but yeah we uh, they, they, they still they congratulated us on a, on a fantastic victory you know and rued their own missed chances but um, they'll, they'll keep their spirits up for the next games I'm sure um, it, it was noticeable the, the noise that you guys were making during during the game and then especially at the end i didn't know if they'd kept you in to let the the home fans disperse a bit or if you just no, stayed there because you were partying about. okay fair enough. It, yeah. um ali do you want to sort of give a bit of a uh, overview of the game yeah i mean this this game was sort of dubbed as uh michael o'neill's homecoming uh he had been one of if not the most successful northern irish managers at least in the last 50 years, I would say. And, you know, he, he left, I think, in about 2016 uh, to dabble in the championship. And then, uh, yeah, he's come back, come back to take the reins at uh, Northern Ireland again. So they were they were bang up for it, from what I could tell. You know, there was probably a little bit of emotion involved as well. And and we, we managed to capitalise on that. I think that the, the start, Northern Ireland started pretty well. I thought I thought they were puffing and puffing without really doing like too much, and then yeah, we managed to get the goal from uh, Benjamin Chalman, uh, a Pookie assist. How much Pookie really knew about that assist, I think, is uh, debatable. But you know, it still counts as an assist. It Do you think it wasn't an intentional assist? Well, I wouldn't want to say exactly what's going through his head. He's a professional <laughs> footballer, <laughs> and and I'm not. But I mean, you've got to be in the right positions. Uh, Pookie swung a leg at it. Uh, it landed at Chalman's feet, and uh, yeah, I mean, it sort of his first touch was good, but it was still a little bit behind him, wasn't yeah. it? So then he sort of had to dig it out. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was around the half an hour mark, wasn't it? I think, and uh, yeah. yeah, really good start. And then when it, when it goes to one nil, there is always that feeling, of course, when you're away from home, that the home team are still going to have their 
their moments. And I mean, Northern Ireland did create a few more chances, but I thought as soon as we got that goal, I mean, Pukki had what that sort of double chance where he forced a, a double save from their keeper, sort of maybe about five minutes after that. Um, and then you think, well, if we get a second goal just before half time, that could really kill the momentum. Because yeah, as, as I said, they there was definitely a lot of emotion from the Northern Irish like fans and sort of around their camp because of the the homecoming. But um, yeah, got into half time one <clears> 0 <throat> uh, and then at least you know from where where I was sitting, it felt like it was a pretty fifty fifty game. Uh, there was a great save actually just before half time by Luca. Um, yeah, on forty three minutes. Um, he's clearly in a good like vein of yeah. form right now, uh, just at the right time for us. Obviously, as we said earlier, maybe a little bit unfair that he got three goals past him, but could also have been a few more if it hadn't been for him. Um, and then, yeah, then it goes into the second half. Again, a lot of huff, huffing and puffing, it felt like. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't a game full of quality. Um, Josh McGuinness, who I feel like must be about 45 now. I feel like he's been around for a long, long time. Mm. Does he play up front? Does he play centre-back? I, I I don't know. <laughs> he seems to pop up everywhere. <clears throat> um, yeah, couldn't tell you where he plays now. He feels like he's a football league journeyman. Um, he had a good chance on 56 minutes. Um, probably could have done better, sort of bobbled up in front of him. But yeah, then after that, of course, it was pretty nervy on the TV. I imagine it was even more nervy in, in the stadium for you, Keke, but managed to hold on and yeah. I, I wrote I wrote that exact same word, actually, Ali. I used the word yeah. nervy. It was about 15 minutes. It felt like Northern Ireland pressure. That's what I wrote down yeah. from 67 minutes onwards. Um, and, or, or no, sorry, from, from about 50 minutes onwards, it had 15 minutes of pressure. And then yeah. it started to turn for us in the final mm. twenty minutes. Started to get back into it, but it was, it was horrible. That, that and and luckily they weren't good enough to really make well to score, obviously. Um, yeah. But I, I I couldn't help but feel it was inevitable. Do you know I've been watching AFC Wimbledon every every game for the last two years, and I know what it's like when a go a team goes one up. And the inevitability that you're going to end up losing 2-1 to a team that is below you in the table or or weaker than you, theoretically. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't feeling super optimistic. And when I could see that the tide was starting to turn, I relaxed a little bit. Maybe cracked open my third can of the game. Keke? It was, um, yeah, nervy was definitely how those last... When that fourth official come out and found seven minutes from somewhere and, and the stadium announcer said there's going to be seven minutes of added time. We were, we were just <laughs> like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? It was, um, and yeah, we've, we've been the victim of late goals before, you know, and it was just like, please do not let us concede in the now, you know, we, we, we're almost there. But um, yeah, I mean, what I would say about Northern Ireland, if, if, if they could keep a shot down, they might have had some. They might have had mm. some chances. A, a lot of their, they got into some half decent positions, but a lot of their, a lot of their shots were off target. They sort of blazed them over the bar. Mm. But they did, they did manage to get the ball in the back of the net. But they were a judge to have, to have handled it in the, um, whether it was, um, 
does it need? Don't even need to be intentional and boy anymore, does it? Mm. It just hits you. You've had it. So yeah, luckily the uh, the ref decided um, decided to to give us the benefit of the doubt there and called a handball. And that was but, on sixty two yeah, minutes, Keke. So that was right in that right fifteen in the, minutes of pressure. If they'd period. got it, it could have it could have crumbled, yeah. couldn't it? But having said that, you know we were we were under a bit of pressure. But having said that, I mean Rasmus Schuller, he's had an absolute monster of a game. He's um, he, he must have covered every single blade of grass, and he was he was doing he was doing his job with diligence and doing it well. You know he was um, he was having a little tug when he needed to without you know without the referee seeing. He was. He was he was really tenacious. That's the best way I can describe it. Really, he, he had an absolute stormer of a game. I actually thought Nikolai Alho played well. He was drawing fouls when he needed to, slowing down the play, breaking breaking up the Northern Ireland attack. Sort of you know getting getting his big big bottom in the way there and drawing the foul. So um, so he he played well. Uh, Ivanov Ivanov again was was a, a, a monster. He's he was. Eddie and everything. He had a chance himself, actually, for to, yeah, to score did. for Finland, which I think just went over as well. So, mm. um, so yeah, there was some some really good some really good performances across outside. Mark, we we were talking about uh, the the formation against Denmark being four four two, and that continued in this game with with you know the same the same four across the defence. Uh, Richard Jensen went off actually with a. A, a mm. bit of a head injury, and it looked like it was a bit of a lump on the side of his head. Um, yeah, he got a proper proper weld. Yeah, um, but the, the 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 team the team or the 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 formation of the team stayed the same. Would you have expected us to be a bit more outgoing against Northern Ireland, or do you think it was because it was away that we that we set the same formation? Well, no, I think I mean we I mean we were we were still pretty offensive. I mean, like. We, we struggled in the, in the second half when they turned up the, the volume to an extent because they had a lot of the possession and they, they went forward a lot with numbers. But but to Keke's point, they didn't really have that. Like, OK, they, they had a goal disallowed, which was a pretty clear handball, but they didn't they didn't really cut us open that much. Like it was we were never really down to sort of like even an even off advice and then at the back, like we were never really exposed in, in that many ways. Mm. So we the the four four two this time kind of kept us going quite well. I was a bit surprised to see Suhonen start because I thought Antman obviously got his goal and, and mm. in addition to the goal he was quite good against um, against Denmark. But uh, I think Suhonen's a bit he seems to be a bit better in the defensive cover. He's a bit more disciplined, kind of coming backwards. And um, but but I think I mean uh, tactically I think when. Uh, Ireland tried to sort of flood the midfield. It didn't really didn't matter if they, if they won lots of the ball because by the time they got up to Charles or or uh, what it was Connor Washington at the start mm. and then and then um, I think Magennis was there but went walkabout like he always does. <laughs> they couldn't really they couldn't really get it from the midfield overload into the like into the forward areas. So we did quite well. Gekke's point about Schiller is like is spot on. He was. Absolutely fantastic. I, I don't know what his pass completion rate was, but I mean, he, I, don't, I don't think he lost. It didn't look like he lost the ball at all. So he was just Mister Reliable again in the middle, in the middle of the pitch. As as was as was Glenn Kamara alongside him as well. The pair of them together is is solid, isn't it? Yeah, that, I mean, Glenn goes without saying. He's he's been a bit unlucky at Rangers this season because he's not he's not been playing 
that much. But for us, I mean, he's still he's still able to sort of take the ball and run through players mm. and like carry it forward. So he's he's just a fantastic player. And I I, I think it was Peltola that came on for Jensen to cover yeah. the ball yes. back. He did all right. Did actually. all right. Yeah, like he. I mean, and that Bradley kid on the on the left, he was uh, or their right or left, he was a bit of a piece of work. He he, he was getting stuck into to, to some meaty challenges, and so I thought Peltola did pretty pretty well against the physical battle there. I mean, Ali mentioned that the um, the assist goes down to Temel Puke with his with his mm. his last little touch. But but Robin Ludd, who who we've talked about previously from the yeah. from the Denmark game, he he, he made that goal really, and Did that's exact it's exactly the sort of thing you want to see from Robin Ludd. You know, like um, you know, dropping the shoulder, making a bit of space for himself, tight tight There's... ball at his feet, and finding his yeah. teammate. If you catch the replays on YouTube. Uh, pause it and go minute by minute because Ludd's on the edge of the box. He's got two players. I think it's Lewis and Brown on him. He does the turn, and for us, yeah. if you get the timing right when you pause it, you can see the two of them go. What? <laughs> like, Where's it, it going? <laughs> and Ludd's just disappeared out the back. It was a. It was a. It was technically a fantastic move. Yeah. Yeah. We need, you know, he, as we said, he's one of our most technically gifted players. We just want to see more and more and that of that from Robin Ludd, really. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and so this this leaves the, the group now after two games. There's six six teams. Everyone's played twice. Um, and as I said at the start, Slovenia sit at the top with, with two wins, uh, six <laughs> points. Then you've got Denmark, Kazakhstan, Finland and Northern Ireland all played two, won one, lost one. So all on three points. Uh, and then San Marino, the strongest team of the group at the bottom, holding everyone else up. Yeah, we're surprised uh, about that. Yeah, <laughs> quite, yeah. yeah quite, quite right. Um, that that said, after two games, they've only let in four goals. So, you know, they haven't been spanked yet, but I suspect, I hope it's coming. Well, I think, I mean, so Northern Ireland struggled to score two past them, you know, and I think you could see a little bit of that against us. Like, they didn't... You know, and, and I think we could we can hopefully expect something similar from Slovenia because they also sort of struggled against uh, against Samaria. So Samaria a bit better than they used to be. They're not exactly whipping boys anymore, but but we should still be able to put a couple more. We'll have we've got more power up front than Slovenia and Northern Ireland. Yeah. So onwards onwards to the next games. These are in the middle of June, um, where we play Slovenia at home Friday sixteenth, and then. Uh, San Marino at home on the Monday is it Monday nineteenth? So I yeah. we're we're hoping to get down for the for the Friday game and have a have a night or two out in Helsinki. That will be very nice. Thank you very much. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're around, Mark, and you fancy a little drive over from Portable and uh, and a game of football, let's uh, let's do it. Couple of tennis here, Lebola. Sounds good. Um, before we wrap up let's just a couple of a couple of little bits of looking forward keke you shared with us earlier about the helmeted games that are coming up do you want to just introduce those yes mate i mean the um just getting over this one and the football never stops the uh yeah. the, the ladies team the helmeted have announced um a couple of games against slovenia and slovakia slovakia the other <laughs> team in <laughs> In uh, in Slovakia, they're playing mm. Slovakia in Slovakia twice. Yeah, next week I think they are. So, um, so yeah, Marco Saloranta has released a squad today, very similar to the squad that played the um, 
the last couple of games, bit mixture of experience and some of those younger players in there again. So yeah, we'll we'll look forward to that and see how see how they get on. Looks like a yeah little little training camp. Um, there won't be a cup like they like there was at the end of the Cyprus Cup, but yeah, the the, the girls will get away and uh, and see what they can do against Slovakia. Well done, well done. And Ali, the the Vakehouse League is about to start. Yeah, it is. Excited? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I I am excited. Of course, it's like you know, kid at Christmas when it's always <laughs> the weekend before uh, for the league opening. I one of the reasons why I'm really excited about it is I I really think it's quite open this season um of, of course you know Hoyakor might start as favorites but uh there's a, a a lot of questions that I don't know the answers uh, for right now in terms of some of the particularly at the top end of the table so um yeah I'm I'm curious I'm excited looking forward to yeah the Vakehouse League is starting and there's there's a first first game seems to be Saturday the first of April, and then there's a full look, looking at the Bakehouse League website, and then there's a full, uh, full fix, full fixture list on Wednesday the fifth, and I guess that's scheduled just before, um, the Easter weekend. Mm. Um, but before that, even tomorrow evening, that's Thursday the thirtieth. Ashikor got one final practice game against Coops, so we might even get to see Urhunisila. In action, mm, uh, who's just back. come back to Coops on uh, on loan or on a short term deal yeah, short -term uh, for contract, a few months? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that will be uh, that will be something, and uh, I guess we'll we'll come back. Well, there was there was one thing that that, that Ule is showing Vakehouse, some Vakehouse League games this season, first time for there quite a while. Maybe one a month. It's not it's not sort of um, a, a huge program, but it's it's something, and. Live, live at what time, Mark? Well, this is the thing. My my stepson Dobius came in today and he was giggling, chuckling to himself, and he said, "Oh, Ule are showing the Bakehouse Liga games, but they they have to start later so they don't clash with Pikkukakunen, the kids' TV programs on <laughs> Ule. So one game will be kicking off at quarter past six next next week. I think it's the. Here you go. It's uh, I did I did have it ready. It's Hoyiko Honka will be starting at eight, at six fifteen on Wednesday the fifth, and all the other games will be kicking off at six. So you know those, those nippers they need their they need their bedtime TV, and no football can get in the way of it. <laughs> um, Quality, yeah. So I guess we'll we'll be back, maybe just after Easter, maybe over the Easter weekend if we've all got you know a little bit of time to look back at the first the first few fixtures, but. Until until then, listener, thanks for thanks for listening, and we'll we'll see you in the next show. Uh, Ali, good to good to talk. Thanks for joining. Ekos, my way. KK, thanks for joining. Nice to see you. I saw me on. And Mark Mark Hayton, the return of the Mark. Um, good to have you here, and uh, don't stay away so long. I'll be back. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter at ExploreFinland, at FCSwarmy, at EscapeToSwarmy, at Kekimulari and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.